up, sports fans? And welcome to the very first episode of Low Expectations, the Gruder Golf Podcast. This is Jenny Coco. Maybe you know us personally. Hey, Mom. Maybe you follow us on Instagram. Maybe you're a member of the Gruder Golf Ladies Club. Or maybe you just stumbled upon this podcast in the new and noteworthy section of the podcast app. Whoever you are, wherever you are, sup? You're going to learn something about Gruder Golf tonight. We've got some never-before-heard stories, takes, and background, and uh, you'll also find out what we are even doing hosting a golf-adjacent podcast. How did four non-golfers who are friends from college go from playing their first nine holes in 2016 to owning and operating a multi-thousand-dollar golf company in the span of just four years? This is the story of Gruder Golf like you've never heard it before. So joining me in the studio tonight, uh, I just slapped my leg really hard. Um, I'm just really excited. Um, we've got Kiki and Haley, my fellow co-founders. Um, unfortunately the fourth member of the iconic founding foursome, Donna Donnelly, um, is all booked up tonight. She is finalizing, um, some contracts that we're working on for the next few months. And so we miss her dearly and in her honor, we will be, um, taking a little shot. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Ooh. I'm in an Someone Airbnb right now. Room. And big surprise, the Airbnb does not come with shot glasses. So that was a uh that was a bottle bottle shot. Cowboy Hillsland over but here. But tastes just as good. <laughs> um and full disclosure, um we weren't sure that we were gonna be drinking during this episode, but we tried to record a different pilot last week and it was a little stiff. It wasn't really us. We weren't really coming across. Um, so we were so get <laughs> we were limber sober. tonight. Um, so what you're probably wondering is what the fuck is Gruder Golf? And who better to answer that question than Kiki? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey guys, Kiki here. Well, I, yeah, I think a lot of the very first question that we get all the time is what is Gruder? Um, so Gruder is my last name. Um, preparation for this podcast i looked up what the meaning of it is it's german um and apparently in northern germany it is a term for an occupational brewer who used rosemary instead of hops um to make their beer which i think sounds pretty good um sounds kind of lovely yeah 10 out of 10 would drink (laughs) interesting um but yeah, there were a lot of uh, early doubts about whether the name was going to be, you know, long lasting for the brand. Um, it's kind of a mouthful. Everybody spells it incorrectly. You know, we were looking for, you know, a lot of searches on Google. Wasn't sure if anybody was going to get it right. Um, and actually in 2019, so two years after we had the name, um, we were looking to make beanies and fit Gruder on one side, golf on the other, and we could only use six letters. Um, so we were debating dropping the first E and putting an umlauts over the U, which apparently that's my grandfather's telling of the story when he came here from Germany, that that's what they did. They took out the umlauts and added an E. Um, but we, we squished the letters together and made it work. So, um, but- just for the record, we were willing to change the entire name <laughs> to fit on the second edition beanies that we were creating. Yeah, which was probably at that point only our like third piece of merch anyway, because we did <laughs> two beanies. a t-shirt and two beanies <laughs> to kick things off. No golf apparel until really until this year with a golf glove. We I was gonna say, <laughs> honestly, we were on the course, the polo, 
Yeah, but we did some polos. We did a visor. That wasn't hats. until like you know late 2019. After oh no, yeah, two full years in business. For far too long, we only had beanies as the headwear <laughs> that represented our golf company. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, Jen can give a little more context as to why my last name is the is the brand name to begin with. Well, so first of all, we love alliteration. It's really worked its way into just about everything we've done. Golf, green, gruder, girls, you know, it just had a lot of cohesion that, you know, Hills and Donnelly and Corcoran might not have provided to the brand. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing was that Kirsten did not have an Instagram account until 2017. Um, when we created Gruder Golf as her Instagram. And uh, legend goes that um, she would actually take people's phones and go through their Instagrams and go through and like people's photos from like 2013 or like 2014, go way back and give like a phantom, like, you know, like to a picture. The funny part was that like, I didn't really like understand why that was like annoying. You didn't know how the app (laughs) worked. You didn't know about notifications. You didn't know about like, creep culture like kirsten like acted i was like she was a 45 year old woman who like didn't yeah. know anything about the internet i was like explaining it's like our mom. mom yeah yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it was kind of the the whole thing was twofold the purpose for gruder golf so it was a so that kirsten would finally have an instagram and stop embarrassing everybody and b um so that in advance of our five-year reunion which took place in 2018 um, we launched Gruder Golf in 2017 as an Instagram account to make kind of a mockery of Kiki and make everybody think that she was obsessed with golf after only golfing for about nine months at that point. Um, and as I like to say, the, the joke was on us because now here we are um, running Filming a multi-thousand dollar company and, and recording a podcast. Um, but, you know, all jokes aside, uh, we, Kirsten needed an Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I did. And it's changed my life. So thank you. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, and, and we'll it did get, get to the point where you had to create your very own Instagram. So there's Gruder golf Instagram, but also Kiki Gruder. So yeah, that was evolved. one of the, um, that was one of the major action items of our first car- corporate retreat. Actually, yes, <laughs> it was, we said, you know, we have to separate Kiki from the brand, you know, this is Gruder <laughs> golf. It's, it's bigger than we are at this point. And yeah. Kiki needs her own presence. Well, because it was, media. it was, and actually still is in a lot of ways kind of confusing because a lot of people will DM <laughs> the account and be like, Hey, Kirsten. And like, it'll be someone that you know from high school. And then sometimes I'll forward it along to you, but sometimes I will just act like I'm you and be like, Oh my God. Hey, yeah. I don't have, don't have any events coming up for a few months, but so to um, any I'll let you know what we do. Uh, you're talking to Jen. <laughs> Join the mailing list. <laughs> it's usually what I go for. So the whole joke behind Gruder Golf was that people from college would see Kiki's Instagram and see that it was all about golf and that she was golfing all the time. And this would be kind of a departure from what we were like in college, um, branding wise, and that that would be surprising to them. And that was where the joke was for us. Um, So I do want to hear from you guys a little bit. What do you think it was about (laughs) our lifestyles in college and a little bit beyond that would have made it so surprising for us to take up a refined traditional sport like golf? I mean, I think first and foremost is the fact that the only extracurricular that the four of us 
were a part of was the Ski and Snowboard Club of Boston College, which was a club that was not officially recognized by Boston College. It was actually <laughs> kicked off campus and not a formally recognized club, um, but we we were part of it and we were we were big fans and big cheerleaders for it. That was actually our we first- We were the officers. We were, we were the- say, We ran the events. We, we took- like VP, secretary, and treasury. We took 50 freshmen to Canada and that was our first foray into running events where there was really no structure, but you know, a lot of good intentions and everyone had a great time. And it really taught us a lot about how to start a company, which is where we are now. Um, but I would say that was the first thing. Yeah. We didn't have any other extracurriculars besides that. And needless to say, that was not a very demanding extracurricular. There was really no meetings ever. Um, and not a lot of commitment. So that is certainly a departure from who we were in college. Yeah, we say. were very um, social in college. We um, were social. We uh, were out into Marianne's, which is the iconic Boston College uh, Cleveland Circle haunt, and the bartender slash manager at the time, um, R.I.P. Rick, because I think he got fired. Um, oh, at, he absolutely point. got fired. Might have to cut this. I'm <laughs> not sure. But um, he would have four Jack and Gingers ready and waiting for us as soon as we walked in the door. <laughs> So that kind of tells you a little bit about why it might be surprising to find us running a golf company. <laughs> um, I feel like we just have to take the opportunity to tell our fans about the hole that we made in between our two foreman senior year. Um, so we, the <laughs> eight of us lived in two adjacent foreman suites and at Boston college senior year, everybody lives on campus. Which sounds bizarre, but it's yeah. actually pretty fun. Yeah, it, I mean, it's great. It does sound bizarre. It, I didn't know that bizarre. until I got older. That people it, were like, you guys lived on campus as seniors? And I was like, no. like, yeah, it's great. And like, that sounds it, like, I mean, sucks. And that I was makes like, sense. Like, kind of did a little bit because we got yelled at a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were like a lot of rules, but we had our living rooms connected between the two foremans and <laughs> throughout the course of like several different nights we actually created a large hole um in between the two living rooms so we could you know poke our heads through i think donna maybe slipped through it once she was small enough <laughs> um, covered it up with a tapestry and uh yeah you know i mean is our there a way just to secret. check in with one another to make sure yeah. that you know everyone had a good day at class and what we were doing later Exactly. Making sure that everybody had a good day at class, Haley. That's what I remember asking you all all throughout college. Um, What was it that you guys remember about um, your perceptions of golf that made you think that, you know, A, it would be funny for us to be running a, you know, a golf account and B, you know, that we would just never play. I mean, the fact that it was a boys club more than anything. Yeah. I think that we had a lot of guy friends who were really into golf and it just like never was even remotely like part of the conversation that like we would be invited to go. It was like, we were like not, not, it wasn't even considered like that. I was going to say it was more than just being invited. It was just even talked about as if we would never even be interested in wanting to play golf. That was not even floated as an idea. It was, you know, their sport, their world. We were, we were outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not hear the phrase grow the game until, until we decided to grow the game. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we invented that. Yeah. I mean, I feel, like, 
I feel like we invented that. Like we were talking about growing the game before I knew that that was like a hashtag, honestly. For the record, we did not invent that. No, <laughs> Just I, that's for anybody I who doesn't like, because I think, so part of this podcast, I anticipate we'll get a, quite a few listeners who maybe are golf curious, who aren't necessarily golfers themselves, aren't really invested in the golf world, but maybe know us or know that we uh, have a similar path as them. So um, just so you know, we didn't invent the phrase grow the game. No, we didn't, but you want to think that that's fine. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was part of our, part of our early mission though, before we knew that that was like the term, that was like what we were genuinely trying to do. Yeah. Um, Well, because we, I'm actually trying to think of what that was. But yeah, it was mostly, I think also that like, we didn't know anyone, any females who like spoke of golf in like a cool, fun, social way. Like my only experience of like, was like the BC golf, the women's golf team, which I'm honestly, I'm sure it was very, very fun, but like, we didn't know them and we didn't like know about like the fun things that they did just like seemed like a very serious like sport. And to be fair, that was probably of all sports teams at Boston college. We did not know anything that was going on yeah yeah which i'm sure they had a great time but we just didn't know anything about it and curfews and early morning workouts and that just wasn't our scene that's not yeah wasn't was not our scene at all um but yeah it's like you you look to do things or try things that like other people your age or you know that seem similar to you are doing in a fun way and i never saw that ever like yeah in any way. So never even crossed my mind to really want to play. Yeah. Never crossed my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, personally, I had plenty of exposure to golf and actually in hindsight, I'm always like, wow, there were so many junctures at which I probably could have hopped in, but, and I was also kind of high strung and I just kind of like pigeonholed myself into being like, I can't play a sport where you're not, you know, running around too much or I mean, I think that's how a lot of people think about golf. They think that, and I can understand that being a kid too. That's not a normal sport that you'd gravitate towards unless you have someone pushing you into it. And no, I have an Earl Woods. What's that? Unless you have an Earl Woods of your own. Unless you have an Earl Woods. Yeah, no. I mean, I think we're all kind of in that camp where we all played team sports and, you know, we're used to running out our energy and all that. And yeah, we were exposed to golf tangentially, but not necessarily said, no one said to us, Hey, you should play golf and you should pick this up. And even if they did, I probably and wouldn't. It, and it's going to be fun. And this is why it's going to be sick. Like you're yeah. going to love it. Like no. no one was doing that. It always just felt so serious. So stiff. It felt really old. You know, I always yeah. really hated the the outfits and I just remember really being limited in, in what I had to wear going to a golf course. And I just hated it so much because of that, which it wasn't fair to golf by any means, but that's just, you know, as a 13-year-old, I'm wearing my Abercrombie and Fitch and like Gap Boy clothes. That wasn't really fun for me. Gap Boy clothes creates like quite the visual. <laughs> also, even like concepts like a golf clap, you know, like just kind of like making something that can be fun, like very prim and proper and quieter is just like says a lot about what the expectations are like in the popular culture, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But once we started playing golf ourselves, I think that we quickly found that it would be a lot of fun as long as you're with the right foursome. Um, and that was kind of the first concept that we really, we really uh, pioneered, pioneered. We pioneered that concept. I was going to say ran with or something, but it probably makes some sense, even though most uh, diehard members of Gruder Golf Nation probably know the story of how we found ourselves here. Um, back in the summer of 2016, Haley and Kirsten actually came to visit me on Cape Cod 
And I think that I had been dabbling a tiny bit in golf. I think I, I at least yeah. knew that the driving range was there. We yeah. all had been that summer. Yeah, we all had been like randomly that summer. That's why we like decided to go together. We had played like a handful of times. I, I think it seemed cloudy. kind of like an adult respectable sport. And at the age of 25, that was what I was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Well, we had made the transi- transition to mid to late 20s. Exactly. Right? Where we were no longer wasting away on the couch Saturdays and Sundays. You know, I remember feeling very empowered once I realized that you could work out on a weekend. Yeah. Like, that was like, I used to think that was for losers. Same. Yeah. <laughs> it was shocking to <laughs> so realize that people did that. The idea that you could go work out or you could go to the grocery store or you could do, you know, whatever else, like laundry. I don't know. Like you could do all these other things on the weekend. That was a very new found uh, <laughs> opportunity for me. And then that translated very easily to then discovering golf and being like, oh, I could actually also be active and social and be outside and drinking um, and not feeling, you know, like a waste of space. So it oh, all will came say. together at the right time. Although yeah, it was will a- say. <laughs> um, we weren't so adult that weekend. Um, like there were a lot of things about the first weekend that we played golf that were still very much like us being. Well, it was a transition period. Yeah. Well, so, um, so that weekend, so we played, we went to the range on Friday and then got pretty confident um, after a fellow, uh, a fellow golfer at the range said to us, when it's breezy, take it easy. And so then we started swinging slower and making some contact, which I was- I literally say that to myself every magical. time I step on the course. Still, still, to still. To this stay. day. To this you day. Know, when it's breezy, take it easy. And so uh, with that confidence that we got from just being able to strike the ball, like not well at all, but we were hitting it a little bit. We booked nine holes Barely next hitting. day. And- um, it was a chaotic round of nine, <laughs> actually eight holes to say the well, least. It was a chaotic morning. Remember, we had a sprint to TJ Maxx. To yeah, get outfits. Get get outfits. Yeah, so we went straight from my house, which I don't know why we were we were late to begin with. Um, we're always going, late because we're always late, <laughs> which is a problem. Um, but working on it. So we um, we went to TJ Maxx in a manner of maybe twenty five minutes chose you know some skirts and polos um kind of skirts total outfit cost probably no more than 25 dollars. yeah socks included chance. yeah we got matching socks went straight to the golf course um we're probably like maybe one minute late for our actual tea time that was on the books and so we volunteered we said we will skip the first hole um the first hole um at the club that we were playing at in cape cod tees off right in front of the uh, clubhouse and it was lunchtime. And so there was a live audience that we really could not deal with at that point. So we figured we'd get a head start, head straight to the second hole. The entire time I, with my limited knowledge of golf, I still knew that you had to like like maintain pace of play. And mm-hmm. I had been a car girl at this golf course. And I didn't want to get a bad reputation because um, the women already had bad reputations um, for not tipping the cart girl. So I thought poorly of the women already. And so I really didn't want a slow pace of play. So we were literally sprinting around getting our balls, um, even though we were in carts. Um, Whoever was not driving the cart would be sprinting to her ball, um, trying to hit it a few times. We actually, I think we're early adapters also to just picking it up. Oh, yeah. I can't remember ever even putting that day. Yeah. 
I don't remember anything, honestly. I, I blacked out completely. <laughs> I did too. I mean, it's also hilarious that we're acting like this was some like early AMT time when we were teeing off at lunch. We were like, we were just rushed all morning. We had to go to TJ Maxx, get outfits. <laughs> we had a busy morning. But we um, were, I mean, we were gushing about it though afterwards. Like yeah. when everyone asked us, we were like, it was amazing. It was oh, the most fun we've ever had sober. We were yeah. beaming with pride. That's the only reason your dad bought you golf clubs, right? Because he overheard <laughs> you saying that. <laughs> Yeah, he was trying to save me, um, but yeah, he, he overheard he us downstairs when we came back to my house, and um, we were like reviewing the round, you know, play by play, not like shot by shot because we probably took like collectively five hundred swings. Um, he overheard. I think it was Haley saying, "I think that's the most fun I've ever had with you guys sober." <laughs> and I think he was like, "Light bulb, this might help my daughter. <laughs> this yes, might save my daughter." Saving. But later that night, so we were actually already slated to go to a concert at the iconic Wellfleet Beachcomber. Um, and I knew it's always tough getting a ride back and forth from there. So I decided to try to find accommodations in Wellfleet so we would have a shorter distance to travel um, on the back end of the night. And so we ended up booking the cheapest accommodations that were to be had in Wellfleet for one night. And that happened to be a boat in the Wellfleet Harbor, a sailboat. A houseboat. Um, a house, yeah, we, a houseboat which we called a houseboat, which was really just a sailboat that could technically sleep four people. Um, <laughs> and we threw a party on it after the concert, which was a hit. A really, a, a lot of fun, really fun time. And a lot of people came to our party. And, and we were also in like matching jean jacket outfits and we're talking about golf nonstop. <laughs> Even though we played eight holes so far in our lives. I mean, and we'd also worn those same jean jackets to the course that day. So it was just really a continuing a continuance from the, the early morning round, which was yeah. not early morning, but. And it really established, I think, I mean, that uh, everything that happened that day, even though, you know, it's just one day and what is now obviously years worth of stories and content and everything, but it really did set a very specific tone um, for the way we were going to approach things, you know, we maintained the jean jackets, but we knew what pace of play, um, ran to our balls, still- obviously trying really hard, but also not trying too hard. Cause we did skip the first hole. I was just right. saying, we still skip the first hole. I, at least I do. I'd never count the first hole. First hole is optional. First hole is yeah. optional, exactly. especially with, you know, how hard it is to warm up sometimes when we're chronically well, we, late. Needless yeah, to say, no exactly. I was just going to say that we never make it to the driving range. Uh, before the round. So the first hole ends up being the drive. Or ever, really. <laughs> ever. No, I've never. Honestly, I can count in one hand the number of times I've shown up early enough to go to the driving range. Same, Haley. But you know what's funny? Those times when I've really like tried really hard to warm up have been the, the only times that I've played well. <laughs> Damn it. This summer especially. <laughs> oh, so I, you think it's was, worth it. <laughs> I had a major light bulb moment. Well, I was invited. This is a, a quick non sequitur, but I was invited to play um, Eastward Ho, where my cousin is a junior member. And so we were looking forward to this for weeks. And so we plotted out our whole day. It was on a Thursday. Took a half day off, even though we were teeing off at like 5 o'clock p.m. Um, and we <laughs> went first to um, my home course to warm up on that range. And then when we got to Eastward Ho, we actually warmed up a little bit on that range. And my cousin, who um, obviously would have been proud of me anyway, but was telling people behind my back that I could be in the LPGA. <laughs> how did he hear that then? How, how do you know that he was saying that behind because your back? Because then people told me. So that's how I know he meant it. 
That is, that's true. I, I just got the chills. Which I, just to give the, um, the listeners tour. who maybe aren't as familiar with like what our scorecards look like, I, I probably shot, like we played nine holes. I probably shot like 42 and that was LPGA status for him. That's great. I was going to say, Jen. Uh, yeah, it was, was good. Humble brag, Jen. Oh, wait, maybe not 42. I forget. I'll have to look up the scorecard. I forgot to do the math in my head about that. That's not true. It wasn't 42. Was that would have meant 84. Yeah. Um, so that's 40, not, no. 42 is a very competitive maybe score. Like maybe 45, 46. <laughs> Still very, Still. pretty competitive. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty competitive. Pretty competitive. See, if yeah. I warm up and if I'm having the a good day, if I have a turkey baster of CBD in me and maybe one beer, <laughs> I can shoot that score. But it needs to be a perfect Only then. medley. It's like alchemy. You know, we need to take certain things. I need to get like eight hours and 15 minutes of sleep the night before. I need to have like the perfect amount of caffeine that day. Oh, see, it's, I can't have any caffeine I've learned. I can't do it all ever before around. No, not at all. I'm too jittery. See, that's why you need to mix Only some CBD. Only in life. That's why I need the CBD. No, no, no. Just in golf. In life, okay. I'm fine. But uh, no, I've, <laughs> I, I learned this last year. I think it was when we were in Hawaii and I had chugged a, a nice coffee before the round and I just felt like I was hollow inside. I literally could not swing. I it. know the feeling. And that was one of my biggest meltdown moments of my golf career uh, was Hawaii at uh, Kapalua. So we'll hopefully <laughs> go back there and redeem myself um, someday. But well, yeah, when well, we get big in Hawaii, definitely. Yeah. Well, we already um, are. I feel like we should get into a little bit of the timeline stuff too. Yes, yeah. we should. So obviously – you know, starting with that day um, in July of 2016, um, Gruder Golf really progressed like a runaway train. You know, we started playing immediately that like moment that we started. We wish we had started sooner because we A, realized how hard it was and B, realized that you could get better pretty quickly at the beginning, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, going from not making contact to making contact, I think, is like the first step in being like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the senior tour. Well, I think we also very quickly realized how much of a secret all of our guy friends had been keeping it from us. They really just buried the lead and were like, oh yeah, we're going to golf and not really explaining how much fun it actually was. Maybe they did and we just didn't understand it, but it took yeah, us- Yeah, or like didn't listen. care, or like didn't listen, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I think once we realized how fun it actually was, we're like, oh my God, like we have missed so many opportunities to do yeah. this. And I think that what kind of differentiated our like- first aha moment with golf from like most aha moments is probably the fact that immediately we were like, we want to share this with all of our friends and just with like other girls, because we don't know whether it was because we were girls or not, but we're mostly seeing guys around here and no one ever told us. And so with that, um, we started, I think playing really as much as we possibly could, which I forget how much that was, but I know that in the first, so in 2017, Kiki, how many rounds do you think that you played? Don't you have like a number, a stat on that? I know. She like, like 27 rounds. Yeah, it was 27. Which is exactly a lot for even played. a person who golfs a lot, you know? And so yeah, it was that summer. It was like, so summer of 2016 was when we had like the one-off. And then it was like the next year into like that summer and like spring and summer. Um, Cause it was like through like, it was from like May to September that I played 27 rounds. So I was playing like twice a week, basically. I mean, it was a really a lot. I was really super obsessed with it. Yeah, there are so many things that like make you obsessed with it like right away. And I think that all the things that we love so much about golf will come across as we as we have conversations with different people in different um, aspects of the game and stuff. But yeah, there was just so much drawing us drawing us to it. I loved it. (laughs) 
And so it was, we started playing in 2016, but it wasn't until May of 2017 when Kiki sent me a picture from the Glen Burnie golf course. And it was just a picture of you looking like you were having an absolute blast and like throwing up your hands and your putter in like exultation. And the term Gruder golf had already been in existence. We had been like kind of saying Gruder golf already um, as like to denote what we were doing. Like, oh, we're going to play Gruder golf, which meant it was kind of like a fun, goofy, carefree time, but also golf. And so that was the day that I was like, all right, we're starting the Instagram account. The very first post, the caption was, welcome to Gruder golf, bitches. And that was, that was it. And it was May 2017. Which might be the tagline for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so from there, that was kind of, I feel like with the birth of the Instagram account, that almost became like a challenge to everybody to like populate it with content. So It it was like an incentive to go play golf and to take pictures and to make it look like you're having a blast and then also to have a blast, I think. Yeah. Um, because there was no point in really doing it unless it was going to be fun. Um, because we weren't playing well or keeping score or what else do you have? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like a particular challenge. I feel like to get like, like, cause we were, I was living in the city and I was living with Donna, um, the fourth member, um, and so we were like bringing our clubs like on the subway we were like riding the train like all the time i was like carrying them around like putting them into cabs and stuff so we were getting like all this content of us like you know Slumping clubs before everywhere. and after the rounds too which was like really i thought pretty funny <laughs> yeah so the early branding was like hey we suck but it's pretty fun and like we're putting a lot of energy into it we're um, very dedicated exactly and so then I think it was with kind of the the Instagram account and the brand that we were kind of slowly growing there and obviously it was only our friends that we were following and that were following us and so it started out as just our friends wanting to come and join in wanting to say like you know like hey like oh my god you guys are golfing like I've always wanted to try that and that was kind of the the impetus for the first ever um Gruder Golf Girls Fall Invitational with 12 girls in September 2017. Yes, it was. And would you guys like me to consult the scrapbook? Oh, uh, yes, definitely. Okay. We Um, made this earlier this year in preparation for the PGA merchandise show. And I know you guys can't see it, but hopefully someday you will. But it is a handmade scrapbook, um, hand-painted cover with the Gruder Golf logo, and uh, in it, it's filled with pages of memories and good times and basically the story of Gruder Golf. Um, it's a work in, in chronological progress. order. In chronological order. It is, it is a work in progress. Uh, yeah, because the story's not, not over. Natasha Bedingfield, but the, the rest is still unwritten. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the theme song for the podcast? <laughs> like the hills. I'm sorry. I don't know myself. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I know. Honestly, every time I open it up, it brings me to tears because I'm just so proud. So you're about to cry? I am, yes. Your face is turning uh, red. It's, no, it's been tequila. red. It's been red. It's because we did two takes of this podcast and we're a couple shots. Oh, so that was our second shot. Yeah. Spoiler. Um, no, so just I'm flipping through the beginning pages. Don't mind me. Um, fast forwarding to 2017, our first event. The first annual fall invitational. We were so confident that it would be the first of many that we made t-shirts that said just that, the first annual Fall Invitational. Uh, we made, I think, 
24 t-shirts mm-hmm. uh, for that first event. And I remember because it costs us an arm and a leg because believe it or not, merchandising wise, you know, the more you order, the cheaper it becomes. But- <laughs> I think each t-shirt was $35. Oh, at least in addition to the golf that we asked the girls to pay for, but you know what? I would, I would, uh, venture to say that it was all worth it because those are obviously collector's items. Now, um, we had 13 girls at our first event and we were ecstatic. We thought that that was the most girls that had ever graced a golf course ever. Well, because I'm also the feedback from the fellow patrons was just that. So when we all walked in, people were asking us if we were a college golf team. Yeah, they thought we were yeah. a team. Because, I mean, and that, I think, I mean, that was one of the first of many light bulb moments that was kind of like, why is it unusual for, you know, 12, 25-year-old girls to be going to play golf together? That's only three groups, you know? Yeah, it like, was so it unusual. be that crazy for three groups of girls? And like, I, I don't even know how to really describe it, but everybody on the course knew that we were there. Mm-hmm. We were spectacle. I'm reading the caption to the photo that we've written in the scrapbook and it says, we literally thought this is the most girls you could get on the green. <laughs> so that is exactly what we thought. But no, I completely agree. Like it was a spectacle and we thought it was weird that it was a spectacle. We were like, this isn't, this shouldn't be that weird. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, we didn't go into it knowing exactly what we were doing by bringing, you know, 12 girls, which again, isn't, isn't really that many. But I think that another part of it that was, a little bit revolutionary was the fact that probably 90% of those girls had no idea what they were doing, us included. You know, we had just started playing. We didn't really have a good sense of how to play skill-wise terrible, you know, hadn't ever taken a lesson before. Um, and then, so, yeah. so we had 12 girls at the, um, at the first annual Gruder Golf Girls Fall Invitational. And then we got very confident. And I think it was three weeks later that we decided to host um, what was to be called the Candy Corn Classic. Um, Again, I do want to note that at the time that we were doing the creative for all of this stuff, we never thought that it would go beyond people that we knew. Um, But so I'm going to read for you the um, the description or the event invitation that we sent out to everybody that we knew or all the girls that we knew um, to come to the Candy Corn Classic. So Coming in hot off the heels of a successful fall outing, we cordially invite you to join us at the Gruder Golf Candy Corn Classic this Columbus Day weekend. There are going to be a few different options to have a fun-filled day of golf and camaraderie this time around, so pick your poison. The Arnold Palmer 18-hole package is a 10 a.m. one-hour clinic with Coach Charlie Palmer for $25 and 11 a.m. 18 holes of fun for $55. The Michelle Wee Future Champion Package, acting like she was a teen star still at this point when she was nearing retirement. Um, Mm -hmm. Noon, a one-hour clinic with Coach Charlie Palmer, which was more of a beginner's clinic. And then at 1 p.m., nine holes of fun. And then the Tiger Woods Party Package was simply putt and chip around the pro shop, hit the range, (laughs) minimum of two buckets, please, and wear a Gruder Golf t-shirt around the clubhouse. Soak it all in. And then at 3.30, we all gathered together for a transfusion party and networking at the Saxon Grill. And then at 5 p.m., Uber XLs back to the city to prepare for a boy-girl party. See here for details. <laughs> so that's when we decided that we would throw in the cart boy after party at a bar that we told everybody to go to. Did not rent space in, just told everybody to go to the same bar and put it on Facebook. And it worked. Also wild that we were using Facebook for this. Yeah. Something we would never dream of now. No one uses it. No one does. Um, but no, we were talking about whether or not the boy girl party happened after this one. And that's proof that it did. Yeah. About, oh, the about Gruder golf on here is actually kind of funny. 
And it's, that. So at this point, it was one word because I think we hadn't determined that it was two words yet. Oh, interesting. I never even thought. I remember the decision making process for that, but I because it was just I don't. Yeah, because it was born it, of Instagram and like Instagram, it was just one yeah. word. Yeah. Like is it so, two words <laughs> about Gruder Golf launched in 2016 to critical acclaim. Hashtag Gruder Golf is a luxury lifestyle brand on a mission to get girls on the green. Patent pending. Patent is still pending, by the way. <laughs> Particularly for women, we believe that there are too many perceived barriers to entering the world of golf. We're here to break those down one hole at a time. Nice. That's pretty good. That's still pretty true to who we are. It hasn't changed. Oh, yeah. so I forgot also that Kiki used to assign team captains. Oh, yeah. um, and the responsibilities include getting a cooler, ice, and beer for your foursome the night before. <laughs> parentheses was a challenge to find in the morning last time <laughs> sure everyone is awake on the, at the course on time if you are not a team captain just bring yourselves <laughs> oh, psa if you have hoop earrings wear them like this is this is what we built this house on i mean hoop earrings are a big 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 part of the brand from huge day one. part of the brand nominating a team captain not to talk about anything about golf just to pack a cooler the night before because god forbid you couldn't find alcohol in the morning and make sure everyone's awake for like an 11 30 tea time honestly that's a lot of scheduling and planning in new york city there's I there's know. no easy way to get anywhere in new york city so i stand by that call out and it's worth it <laughs> thank you um so from that carport boy <laughs> <laughs> So from that cart boy after party, I think that that kind of spawned the sleigh bells and sleigh and balls, um, which was our very first co-ed event, which was a massacre. Um, that was just a party <laughs> bus to Top Golf, but we we marketed it as our third event. But also, all of our guy friends were begging us to invite them after two successful events with girls only. Our guy friends were banging at the doors to let them in. They were yeah. relentless, and so we had to let them in, and we planned the. The golf outing to Top Golf, which I agree, Jen, was just a party bus to and from golf, Top Golf. There's not a lot of golf involved at that outing. So another really important part of, I think, our progression as a brand was um, the friendship and camaraderie with Five Iron Golf um, that began when Kiki walked in one fateful night in December of 2017, shortly thereafter, shortly after two very successful events. Yeah. Yeah, I just walked in there and just immediately felt a strong connection with the five iron vibe and what we were kind of trying to do at Gruder Golf and started spending a lot of time there. Um, took an unpaid internship, so was there on a weekly basis. Um, and then, you know, soon decided that the success of the first co-ed event, we should have a party at five iron. And I think we had that event in February. Yeah. Cause it was right around Valentine's day and it was called the swingers clinic. Um, and it was just a co-ed party, open Sims, open bar food. Um, really, really great time. And I think that after, you know, the success of the, you know, three events in a row, we kind of were like, okay, this is awesome. Like we really want to keep doing this in like a somewhat more serious way. And you know, the next couple of years, we put a lot of time and effort into planning our events. So we had dedicated spring events, dedicated summer events, fall events, and winter parties at Five Iron. We just did it more intentionally. I think beforehand, we just stumbled upon all of it, where the very first outing 
you know, it was a product of a lot of our girlfriends saying, Hey, we've noticed you guys have been playing golf. Like let us come with you next time. And that just evolved into us hosting the event, which was 13 girls strong. And then, you know, we kind of just went from one month to the next doing another event. And then we added the boys and then, yeah, I would agree that it was after that five iron event where we were like, Oh, like we have something here. Like we can make this into something that's a lot more interesting than just us casually going out with a couple of foursomes. And so I think we all agree that that was another light bulb moment where we were all like, okay, let's get a little bit more serious about how we're approaching this and how we're planning and let's do it a little bit more intentionally, right? Like let's plan to do X, Y, and Z as opposed to scrambling the night before and saying, oh, like let's grab a bag of ice with the coolers the next day. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was a little bit more serious in the, in the way that we approached the, the, the events following that um, Valentine's Day Swingers Clinic. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that we all also were like so energized by how pumped up people got at the events. Like the Mm -hmm. events really do have just such a magical quality to them and that people have like the time of their lives. And to see that happening, like A, on a golf course and B, and something that you organized that you put a lot of time into it because I mean, we put so much time into all of this stuff, you know, and most of it is yeah, to wait way more time than we really should, especially the fact that none of us have seen a penny from it except for maybe some free things, which is obviously really cool. And that's all we ever wanted um, was just some free stuff. Yeah. So shout out to everyone who's given us free stuff. Um, yeah, but um, that was really like kind of, I always felt like a reward in and of itself, you know, that we started this whole thing really to share golf with people who otherwise might not have been invited and you kind of saw that happen like in action every single time that we threw an event you know whether somebody like got dragged there by one of their friends or something and made contact or you know didn't know that many people in New York City which is such a common thing that people move there for work and end up you know needing to find like a network like so many people have like made such great friends like through you know GG events which always really warms my cold dead heart i was gonna say it's very heartwarming and it's always a surprise it's always so no matter how many times you hear it or how many girls come up to you and say a different version of that it's always so exciting it's so nice to know that people have as much fun at these events as we have throwing them yeah Yeah. and like i mean our own personal friendships with people like i some of my best friends i've met through through golfing in new york it's it's really awesome Oh my god! I met yeah, my well, boyfriend through Gruder Golf. Yeah, same. I mean, in a lot of ways, same. <laughs> golf saved all of our lives. We, where would we be without golf? Like, I really, genuinely do not know. When I was like thinking about how this episode was gonna go, I really was thinking, like, first of all, who were we before this? Like, there's a whole gap between college graduation and the start of Gruder Golf, where I cannot account for any of my weekends. Like, yeah, we were going out, we were having fun. Um, but I didn't have like anything to show for it, you know? Um, and what I loved about golf at the beginning was that on Monday when someone at work asked me what I did during the weekend, I could say, oh, like I was at a golf event actually. And it sounded way more impressive than it actually was until it got to a point where actually it was impressive. Yeah. Which brings us to September of 2018. One year after our first event, we had 88 women at the second annual fall invitational, which really was such a shock to us and everyone, the media and going from, you know, like one year prior and saying that, you know, we thought the 12 was just a crazy number to have and going then from 88 
it's just like it's insane it really is i was gonna say i wish you guys could be looking at the picture that i'm looking at now which is the picture of all 88 girls and it really is overwhelming and like even to this day i get butterflies i'm like wow that is a ton of girls on the green and i agree jen like one year prior we thought 12 13 girls was like the best we'd ever do. Yeah. And two years prior, we thought that just us getting out there was the best we'd ever do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Which, I think this is the name of the podcast, Low Expectations. We had really low <laughs> expectations, but I think also, I mean, it is important to note um, that the the title of the podcast is not meant to be like, oh, we have, you know, we have low expectations. Oh, like this sucks. It's like, you know, our expectations have been exceeded at really every juncture of this whole entire journey. Um, and continue to be. I mean, I, and I, I have confidence that they will be, you know, that the low expectations that we initially had just keep getting blown out of the water. And also, um, I would like to reference the quote, um, that Haley Hilson gave to Hallie Ledbetter in our golf digest feature. Shout out Hallie. Shout out to Hallie. Um, is that, you know, what, what makes it so fun for other people to come to the event who have no experience with golf is that we make the event casual. It's like very obviously marketed in a specific way. Like all the communication and language like around the event is very casual and there are low expectations for your golf skills specifically. And that was the quote, we make it casual, low expectations. <laughs> and that <laughs> I thought was hilarious. The best quote of the article. <laughs> and here's the name of the podcast. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that over the years, you know, as we continued to grow as a company, as we started to make the events better and bigger, we also started to obviously develop more of a love of the game. Um, and we learned more than we ever bargained for about the golf world. Um, and we also started to feel like we were a part of it. But we also uh, thought of many suggestions for it um, because I think we still come at everything with quite an outsider's mentality. Um, and that brings us to a very special segment of the show, the rub of the green, a.k.a. Gruder Golf Gripes. Um, so this is the part of the show. It's going to be a recurring segment. Um, we're going to ask our guests for their gripes and we'll, we're going to share what's bugging us about our personal golf games, the golf world in general, or maybe just life. Um, in later episodes, we'll be opening up the mailbag to hear your gripes listeners. Love you. Um, but for today, we're just going to share with you some of ours. Um, so in the spirit of kind of exploring the history of Gruder golf, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about gripes that non-golfers have about golf. Um, so when we started playing, here's what we didn't like. Um, first of all, we already mentioned kind of that we were oddities on a golf course that by even by walking onto the golf course and checking at the pro shop, everyone was wondering what we were doing there. And keep in mind too, we're, you know, three, you know, suburban white women essentially. Um, so I can't even imagine kind of what, somebody who's not in that category probably feels even more of an outsider when they go to a golf course, when, you know, we kind of felt immediately like weird a little bit being there. Um, so the fact that we felt uncomfortable from the get go kind of, especially in light of everything that's happened, you know, this summer with, you know, the black lives matter movement and everything um, kind of bringing more attention to, you know, the, implicit racism and discomfort that, you know, you know, black indigenous people of color feel in spaces like golf. Um, I kind of want to make it a thing for us, especially like through this podcast and through what we do as a brand to bring people who are, you know, non-white males into the sport, whether that means, you know, women of color, women of not color, men of color, 
all of it. Non-men of color, non-binary people of color, yeah, non-binary people. Basically make it less old and less white and less male. Yeah. And especially in a place like New York City, you know, more representative of like all that New York City is, you know, in these urban places and the places that we're operating, there's really no excuse for why, you know, the majority of people you see in a golf course are going to be white, you know, in a city that has representation that's like far greater than that, you know? For sure. Very valid gripe. So what is it about the culture right now that like comes across as a not female friendly environment? It's, it's interesting, I think, for us, like, having gripes because we're beginners. So they're gripes for beginners and gripes for women. So, like, being, like, a female beginner, I think, is, like, a different beast. Um, but as we've gotten to know, like, more women who are very good golfers, they have gripes, too. And you're like, wait, they're treating you like that even though you're better than them at golf? Like, that just blows my mind, like, the outrageous oh, yeah. things that you hear from, you know – people who are either, you know, like professional golfers or like close to being professional golfers or like could be or something. You know, what is a deep, dark rabbit hole is going on Twitter and following professional LPGA players and seeing what men comment on their posts or not even like directly on the posts of the players, but like the LPGA Twitter, for example, like what some of these like random guys say as far as like, Oh, like they don't play from the same tees or like what all the bullshit that comes with just like not knowing what it means. I don't know. It's just so frustrating. I'm like, Oh, I can understand why you'd be fucking pissed at this because major, major gripe for me um, is when men compare men on Twitter specifically say that they like the LPGA because it's more similar to their game. (laughs) Because oh, it's like, oh, really? <laughs> because they're not playing from the Reds, you fucking moron. Like, yeah. what do you think this is? I know. That's, that, that remains so shocking to me. And I don't know. And I think with the conversation around women's sports in general is always like, oh, you know, women are not as athletic as men. And it's apples and oranges when you're talking about men's basketball versus women's basketball, for example. But you put everyone on a golf course and it's pretty similar. Like, obviously, they're not driving maybe as far as the top men players are, but. Yeah, well, and I mean, more than that, too, like, it's really, it's it's telling to hear guys say, like, oh, like, the LPGA is, like, really close to my game because we drive at the same distance. But golf is about so much more than just, like, how far you drive it off the tee. You know what I mean? Like, that ends up being, like, if you're a shit putter, you're not going to do well, you know? Like, there are so many other aspects of it that are like equally important, which actually is another gripe of mine that I can't seem to do everything right in one round. If I'm doing well with the tee, I'm like shanking chips, like towing it. And like, it's yeah. just insane. I got a lot part of the of journey. This is going to be a mother of a section. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like we should save um, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I have a gripe that I saw like this week that I almost forgot about and then I was reminded of. But so I don't know if you guys saw it. I think it was on like, you know, Golf Balled or one of those like meme accounts, but it was these girls doing the WAP dance on a putting green as like a celebratory dance. I thought that was funny because first of all, WAP is so funny. I think it's such a funny concept. Piece of art. Actually like a good song. Great, Um, Great video. Yeah, I mean, amazing video. I think it's just an iconic piece of our culture. Um, We're probably losing listeners as we speak. Um, But 
how this relates to golf though is so these girls were like you know did this um did the wop dance on the it was like a three second thing there were so many comments that were like this is why women shouldn't play golf or like this is why women golf slower or like oh this is why my round was so much slower this weekend like all this bullshit it was like ugh. and all of their whenever you click someone's instagram account that is saying these comments it's like a grandfather and his like baby grandchild or something and it's oh, like yeah. and then their their bio is like like love my wife and love my country and like maybe a bible verse <laughs> not even but these ones not even actually i want to i'm gonna pull this up because no, that is a very consistent theme though because i feel like we all get requests from random men that follow golf accounts and then find us and whenever i click on the profile picture just to like suss out if I know them or not it's always a man with a grandchild or, yes. or, or a child it, it doesn't even need to be grandchild but it, it's always like you're kind of like what are you what are you doing friending me like there's you have no business doing this mm. losers fucking lame yeah can we add a section a recurring section to the podcast where we just roast trolls yeah on, on accounts like this yeah so obviously after four years in the golf world we have so many gripes um but i think we should probably limit it to just a few today and so the last one that leave we'll leave you with is the fact that it's always women's golf when you're talking about the lpga or when you're talking about the ladies game um but with men it's just just gets to be golf it's just the it's just golf like the u.s open not like the u.s ladies open u.s women's yeah. open so that's just to say from here on out, when we talk about golf and professional golf, we are talking about ladies golf. And when we say men's golf, we are talking about men's golf or boys golf, boys golf. Boys golf. Um, but just, just know that when you hear golf and professional golf, just assume we're talking about the LPGA because we usually are. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, there are so many gripes. I, at a certain point do want to, go pretty deep on a pretty controversial topic, which is female representation in golf movies up until now. That's a, that's a whole episode. Maybe I think. A whole episode. Yeah. yeah it's going to be, that's going to be maybe a few episodes. Um, we're going to get some funny people on to talk about that. Um, so we want to give you a sense a little bit before you go, before we go, if you're still listening, um, of what's going to be in store for um, low expectations. Um, we don't want you to think it's just going to be the three of us chatting about bullshit all the time, but obviously it will be a little bit of that. Um, most of that. Mostly that. <laughs> mostly that, but with other special guests. So um, over the years, we've amassed quite a um, Rolodex of who's who in golf, as far as we're concerned. Um, and we're also going to be trying to bring on some people maybe that you haven't heard so much from um that will have some interesting takes on topics that are important to golfers and non-golfers um i think a big goal of this podcast is kind of to bridge the gap between super intense golf commentary and just regular stuff that you would talk about with your friends um as casual golfers so in our next week's episode you'll be hearing us chat with um CEO and co-founder Jared Solomon of Five Iron Golf, who is one of our good friends. Um, we'll also discuss some of our early days there. Um, obviously, 2020 has been a hell of a year for the entire world. Um, we are an events company, and without events, we're trying to figure out really who we are, 
um, throughout quarantine and throughout the pandemic. Um, we've really seen kind of the strength of our community and the strength of our brand and the fact that obviously people are still golfing and we want to be able to give you guys a little something to chew on while we can't see you in person. Um, and so this is what the podcast is going to be. Um, we want to hear some feedback from you. We want this to be an interactive process. Um, and we want to keep in touch because we love you. So miss you so much. Miss you so much. If you've listened this far, you're a fucking real one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so with that, um, we're going to say adieu. So until next time, hang loose and swing easy. <laughs> we'll bid you adieu. <laughs> Sayonara. Love you guys. Really good. good. Really Pretty great. Good. I think that's good. I think it's Hilarious. good. Hilarious. Also fun and freewheeling, just like we wanted it. That was I think yeah. that was really good. We had enough of a structure, but we kind of went off of it, but we stayed to it. I think it was perfect. <laughs>